Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like you're never gonna see us again. Come on over. Come on over. Good evening, everyone. It is 11 p.m. straight up, and Pure Gold is live on the air for this Saturday night, January 23rd, 2021. Welcome to the show that talks about everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is JB, and across the room somewhere is my co-host, DG. DG, how are you? I'm doing good, sir. I'm doing great. As always, it's a pleasure, a privilege, and honor to be a part of the greatest show in sports and entertainment in any other form of, uh, well, I suppose, entertainment. <laughs> uh, folks, always, uh, you always check us out, you know, here at Blog Talk Radio, so you can call us in if you'd like to be a guest. Uh, give us a call five six three nine 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 three five eight seven. Once again, that number is five six three nine 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 three five eight seven. Woo! All I can tell you is that looking at my rundown sheet and looking at the tags from the website that you uh, posted, uh, whatever whatever time you posted, um, it's going to be a negative show, I would say, because there's a lot of things that happens that are. Not pleasant. Uh, let's just get right into it uh, and talk about maybe a week ago. Yeah, a week ago when we did our show last, we discussed the fact that the Mets were on the up, uh, up and coming, getting Francisco Lindor, and then this whole scandal broke during the week this week that Jared Porter, the GM of the Mets, was sending lewd texts to a female reporter who doesn't speak English, I believe, or doesn't speak English well. Um, and was fired, uh, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday of this week. Uh, you broke the story to me, DG. So, what did you? What was your initial thought when you heard about this? Well, uh, I mean, I had a lot of initial thoughts when I heard about this, but I I wasn't uh, aware, at least, that we would be starting with this uh, specific topic. Um, you know, I know that we had our our, our Mets beat reporter who was going to join us, so I thought that we would discuss other things first. But of course, I mean, typical pure gold fashion. You know, I'm just sitting here. Uh, so many other things to talk about, but yeah, sure. Let's, uh, let's talk about this. Um, well, honestly, sir, uh, there's so many things in the world of uh, entertainment, sports, just so many different things with the Mets. Um, I just, you know, last time we did a show was, uh, was it last Saturday? It was last Saturday, wasn't it? It was it somewhere was. in that vein. And, um, you know, Surprisingly, we're at, it's the second show of the year here, you know, 2021. Um, it's a shock to me, actually, that we're uh, we're this consistent, that we've done a show two weeks in a row because this is a, it's quite a good start. Um, we talked about the Mets. We discussed that the Mets were going to be, um, you know, one of the hot and heavy topics, so to speak, this year. And uh, we're, we're actually joined right now by our, our beat reporter, Angel, who is uh, out there in, in the trenches looking for dirt and information and not looking at any uh, pictures from Jared Porter. Uh, Angel, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty Angel. good. Um, Joe, and I, Joe and I were discussing, we actually haven't gotten into it yet, 
But um, we were talking about the Mets just last Saturday at about the same time. We were all discussing how the Mets were on the uptick and everything was looking great and we couldn't believe it. You know, let's go Mets. And then here we are a week later and the Mets no longer have a general manager. They um, did not sign George Springer. And, uh, you know, it's – I don't know if that was a typical LOL Mets, but uh, for some reason, uh, Angel and Joe, the Mets have some sort of weird penchant for hiring complete and utter perverts to be their general manager. So, Angel, you got any any thoughts on that? (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, I I think you said it all. But one thing that that – it's crazy how ESPN sat on this story for five years – and not to say it was uh, Passan, because uh, if I don't know if you guys heard Carton, Car- he went he went in on Passan, called him a weasel, all types of stuff. But um, I don't think <laughs> Passan was working. Yeah, he did. It was, it's it's hilarious. You need to hear it. But um, I don't think he was working at ESPN. But my thing is, is like, all right, you see that the Mets are about to hire this guy, and instead of Instead of someone saying, hey, uh, why don't you look deeper into this guy? Nobody said anything. And they just let the Mets hire this guy. And I I think part of this also falls on the Cubs because, I mean, they've had to know something about this. Theo Epstein had to know something about this. And that's what everybody's basically brushing under the rug. And it's pretty much been – forgotten now because you know the Mets uh, came out and just fired him which was probably the right thing to do I mean this guy's just a creep <laughs> there's, there's no other I mean just creepy sexual harassing just uh, I, so I don't even I don't, what I, you're telling us yeah what you're telling us is in all your years on this earth you uh you don't really think it's uh it's never been your experience to send anybody five dozen unanswered un, uh, text messages and then send them. And after all that, after you send them over 60-plus messages, you know what? I know what's going to get this thing done. I know what's going to seal the deal. Let me send her a picture of my junk. I mean, she hasn't responded to over five dozen texts, but this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one that seals the deal. To me, I know we've all talked about this off the air uh, with each other, but what gets me the most, the picture, okay, obviously that, that that is a problem, but what makes it exponentially worse is the amount of text messages that he sent that went unanswered. Now, I know according to the original story, um, you know, Joe had mentioned this before you hopped on, but English isn't her first language. Um, you know, So she's from another country. Obviously, it doesn't say which one, but I believe it's a Spanish-speaking country. And she was talking about how you know, it's normal. No, it was Korea, actually. Well, I mean, it's all the same to me. If it's not America, I'm not really interested. But anyway, um, you're talking about <laughs> talking about how she's from another country and how, um, you know, it's normal in her culture and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, to exchange messages and things like that. Okay, fine. But then you got this guy who goes and he sends her over the course of a couple of months, I believe it was, five dozen unanswered messages. That just is mind-boggling to me. I can understand a couple messages. But, I mean, even when you get to the neighborhood of, like, double digits, when you just start out, there's so many things about this story that are absolutely insane. It affects the Mets because, you know, apparently this guy was good, uh, good talent scout in finding people, so obviously it affects them. It does remind me of Steve Phillips, but, I mean, Steve Phillips was somebody he actually worked with, 
at the time, and the Mets just somehow, some way, you find themselves caught in these scandals. They're, Joe and I were talking about this off the air, and I'm sure you'd agree. This guy at this point, would you say, you know, your opinion, that he's completely unhirable in baseball? Because I don't see how anybody ever gives this guy a job again because of how absolutely loathsome and ridiculous this entire story is. Well, I mean, you got all these guys who've been convicted of egregious um not convicted but they've been basically uh for the familiars of the world, the Jose Reyes of the world who beat the crap out of their significant others and they still landed jobs. So I mean in a sense, which one is worse? A guy sending a bunch of picks of supposedly that weren't his that's his official <laughs> at first he denied it of course and said oh it wasn't yeah. it wasn't just it, it wasn't mine it was just some like shock jock or whatever the hell he said but Doc i mean Brady, you still Doc got Brady, got yeah. you still got guys that they got jobs as who are beating the crap out of their significant other their kids i mean that's probably just as bad i mean in my eyes as 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 being a creepy SOB who wants to send a million text messages, well, 62 unanswered text messages, and then, hey, hold on, let me put the cherry on top. She might answer this. I mean, come on now. (laughs) Somebody three, three, four years down the road, I don't think he'll get a job now, but he'll re-clean his, he'll clean up his image, he'll, he'll take these, classes or whatever whatever they make them take and somebody will put them in baseball it, it's it's gonna happen i mean I, I yeah i agree with you i also think that the mets have to somehow get the uh bad press off their back so they didn't sign george springer talking going back to sports now they didn't try they didn't sign george springer he signed with the toronto blue jays thinking that the mets have these deep pockets now they lost out to a free agent, which is interesting because you figure that Steve Cohen would probably, probably match anything if he really wanted George Springer. So right. the, the only the only people that I think that um, he might want to go after now, I still think he, we talked about this last week, but I think he still should go after Hand. I liked him in the bullpen. And now this opens the door to potentially filling the center field position with uh, somebody internally and potentially, if the price is right, I don't know if like you want to overpay. I don't think you want to overpay, but potentially get Trevor Bauer on this team, and then you know wash the stink of this whole general manager mess off the uh, you know off the front pages. Yeah, I mean the Springer thing uh, from you know what sources been telling me or whatever. They've been. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I guess they had I guess they had a deal done and. Um, I guess they they came to the Mets with a final. Hey, give us your final offer or whatever, and the Mets offered them six one twenty, or one but like one between one twenty and one twenty five, and then uh, supposedly and you know sources you know you, you know how it is with sources, some just spit things and some are accurate, but um, I guess they thought they had a done deal and then um ter- they went back to Toronto and played them against the Mets. Basically, you know, basically basic agent stuff, and uh, they got the 150 from the Jays, which is fine because I'm not really that, I'm not really that upset. Now, if Springer would have been 27 instead of 31 going on 32, I think I would have had a little bit more of a problem. And another thing that that I, I think I got into this last week, how Springer's not a full time center fielder. If you look at his stats, 
if you look at his defensive stats, the most games he's played in any in any season, and he played, uh, I think his most have been 157 or something like that. But his most games played in center have been 84. He's played 84, followed by 80, and then like 75. So basically, his he's got like a six uh, like a 60-40 split of center field to right field. So you're right now you 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 want a guy in center field, which he he's he'd be the best center fielder on the team. But at the end of the day, he is not a true center fielder, as they say, as what's needed. If you want a true center fielder, he's got no stick, and he's also left-handed as Jackie Bradley Jr. That's the best defensive player right now going. But, you know, that's what a lot of people don't realize, that Springer was not a true center fielder. And this contract, in about two years, he's going to be nothing but a corner outfielder. So, uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like shades of Robinson Cano contract. You know, he's going to be 37 yeah. at the end of it. You know. So now you're Sandy Olson. Do you turn your attention to pitching and hand and and potentially Bauer, or do you go after Jackie Bradley Jr.? Man, honestly, I don't know what the hell Sandy's thinking. Because you know, <laughs> you you sit here, you you sit here, and I mean, my thing is. Is Steve Cohen going to pop out of nowhere and sign somebody and then just the mask and say, it was me, Sandy. It was me. But, it was me all along. <laughs> he might pull the old Vinnie Mac on him because uh, I don't know if Sandy fell asleep on the wheel on this Springer thing. Again, I'm not going to kill him on Springer. I'm not. I'm really not because as we talked about last, last I, the Mets lineup is stacked. And with Springer, it's a bonus. Would I love to have him? Yes. But with the pitching situation, I would have thought, you know, judging by the way the first press conference went and how he name-dropped – he name-dropped two people. He name-dropped uh, Trevor Bauer, and he name-dropped uh, Brad Hand. He he said that if they were – if they had owned the team a week sooner, that they I guess that they would have signed Hand. They would have put a, a, a waiver claim on him. So I figured by this time they would have signed Hand, but I, honestly I don't know what's going on, and, and I don't know if you guys seen that uh, the Pirates put Tylon now he's out he's out there, and I guess the Yankees are leading the pack to for to get him. So there's a lot going on right now. It's the this hot stove is burning. Oh yeah, for sure. And you mentioned the hot stove and whatnot. I mean the Yankees just signed Corey Kluber. Um, you know, who's obviously a, who's a big name who's been injured recently. But is that a guy you would have thrown uh, your name in the your you know your hat in the ring for type of thing, or do you think that the Mets were wise to not go after somebody like Kluber? I know he's not Michael Walker or any of these other goofballs that the Mets like to sign. Um, what's your thought about what's your thought on that? Oh, before I talk about that, you know, remember the great AJ Ramos? He's gonna have a. He's going to be throwing at a pro day for teams. <laughs> Let's see if the Mets show up to that one. But um, no, I wouldn't have, not at all. Him or Paxton, I think they're both. Uh, it's it's a big issue. And same thing with trading with Ty for Tylon. Um, the, the thing with Ty with Tylon is he's coming off his second um, Tommy John surgery, and I don't think he's pitched since 2019. So, um, it, it's those those are people that we're done. We we need if you want to win now you got to get guys to win now, and Trevor Bauer might not be the the sexy pick because of everything he does on social media and all that stuff, 
And also, like I said, you're going to be paying a premium for a guy who just came off a of Cy Young off a six, 60-game season, which isn't, to me, like we spoke about, they shouldn't have gave any awards, individually anyway. But his 2018 season was great. And he's a he's a pitcher who's, what, his career ERA of around four. He's inconsistent, to say the least, but... He's the he's the best of what you got right now. You want to make a statement? Hey, we're here to win. That's the guy you got to go out and sign. Yeah, I mean, I think the Mets the Mets have options for sure. Um, they just, I guess, as fans, you kind of get a little bit impatient. But the thing with Springer, I know that the Mets had thrown out, um, like you said, sources or whatever. I've read it also in multiple places, and they were like twenty five million short on Springer. And I just think that Steve Cohen is not going to sit there and say, well, I've got the money, so I'm just going to sign everybody and throw it out there. I think he wants to be smart. I think they would have liked Springer, but I also think that they're not going to go crazy and just throw money in every single free agent who is out there, you know, just because, I mean, with with getting back to the Porter thing, you know, it does hurt them um, because everything I read was that this guy was a good talent evaluator, clearly not a good evaluator in terms of uh, his, uh, his relationship with the ladies. But what's interesting to me, is that, um, you know, that, that you, you talked about this when you first called in. You talked about how, you know, the ESPN sat on this for years, and they had asked the woman repeatedly. They had reached out to her and said, hey, you know, are you going to, are you going to, what do you think? Do you want to do pursue this? And she did it. She waited until he became a member of the Mets as far as general manager in a big-time position, which I found interesting. I know there's, there's a lot of talk that the Cubs basically hid this whole thing, and then he ended up in Arizona, and then he took the Mets. But what gets me is that a guy like um, – Passon, from what I read from one of my sources, when he was hired by the Mets, Passon was saying how he's a good pick and blah, blah, blah. And now just like 38 days, I mean, now it's been more, but it was about 38 days afterwards and he gets fired over what he did. I just thought that was interesting that everybody, you know, and Angel, you touched on this, nobody could find a bad word about this guy. Everybody, glowing reviews everywhere. This guy's great. This guy says nobody ever said anything, thought he was bad. Then all of a sudden, oh, here, this comes out. It just it, it, there's a lot there, and it just kind of doesn't make sense to me. So the Mets are stuck in this this, this storm, this crap storm, so to speak. And um, I mean, you don't want to sign a guy just to sign a guy, but it would have been nice if they got Springer in that sense to kind of get the back pages. But I mean, that's just that's just my two cents there, guys. Well, I'm gonna read you a tweet that um, that Clappish had. This was back in December 9th, and it 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 basically was saying that that the Mets are moving closer to a George Springer or a Trevor Bauer. Ultimate target is to be decided. I'm told Stephen Cohen is leaning towards Springer. Alderson would like to sign Bauer. So, <laughs> you know, somebody just tweeted that not too long ago. And, you know, I remember that. But at the same time, you know, well, you know, with the holidays and everything, you know, you, you tend to forget things. But, you know, they they – as far as that that situation goes, it's even myself. You know, I was I I bought into the to the logic that Porter was a good baseball man or whatever, blah blah blah. That he was a good human being. Because yeah, you're right. Passan did say that, and Carkin killed him on that. He killed him, man. You, I'm telling you, you got to hear that. He he was he was just straight, just went in on him and and sent sent him an open invite to the show and. I don't think there's ever been a response to that. It it just goes to show you that, you know, it's like 
whatever you do in the dark always comes out into light. And regardless if it was five years ago, and the Mets aren't really getting killed as much because of the fact of how swiftly they acted and, and right. how how they, like they, they terminate. They fired him in like eight yeah, hours. The, yeah, yeah. To, uh, Cohen tweeted out seven thirty in the morning. You're gone. Bye. But <laughs> fired um, him. <laughs> yeah, he he sent them straight to hell. But it just goes to show you what a bigger problem that we have. And you know, those of us who have daughters and 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 wives, mothers, yeah. and stuff like that, it's kind of like. You know, would you want this to happen to your significant other, to your child, to your mother, to whoever? It's like, it's ridiculous. If if the woman just stops, she stops texting you, responding to you, leave her alone. Yeah. It's not that hard. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot yeah. of single women out there that that'll just that'll be like, hey, okay, you know, you're my cup well, of tea. Especially- even though some. Of- some of those selfies were just ridiculous. I don't even know how the hell anybody well, would want to be with him. But. but the thing, the thing about it is, if you look at the whole, just in general, if this is a normal situation, like he's a he's a baseball executive at this point. He wasn't a general manager, but he's a baseball guy. Like you could probably find someone. What do they call those um, bunnies? Or I forget the name. There's a certain term like sports bunnies, women who go after guys in in the industry, whether it's groupies or not. They're basically groupies. Yeah. No, but but there's another there's another term for it, but I, I forget it now. Um, I just feel like there's so many other avenues you could travel, and it points to a much more significant problem with him as a person, as opposed to like because this is not normal. This is not something you see on like a regular basis. I mean, you know, I know with Joe, it's been a long time since he's dated, you know, but and and myself also. But it just it's it's not it's not a normal behavior. And then like what blows my mind is you know. This guy makes it up there. He makes it. And I told Joe this uh, privately. I feel like if I, if I had ever done anything like this and, you know, if I, if I was a uh, porter and you're in a situation where, man, you know, you're rising up the ranks and you have a chance to be with, with – for finally you can say you can find that the Mets are a coveted position because of the Steve Cohen situation. I mean, the Mets are one of the most coveted positions in, in you know, franchise in baseball and sports in general to be a part of now as opposed to what they used to be under the Will Ponzi's. But – I don't think I would have even gone for the job. I guess at some point you think, well, you know, it hasn't come out yet. It's never going to come out. But ESPN had already contacted him, so they were sitting on this story. So the odds of him of it coming up again once he became the general manager of such a prominent franchise, I feel like it just it was going to happen. So I don't understand. I guess it's arrogance. I don't know what, what, you know, delusion. I would have never even gone for the position. I would have stayed comfortable where I was and kept making my money and whatever. But But to put himself in that situation – I guess it just kind of shows you he figured, well, they haven't said anything up to this point, so, you know, they're not going to say anything now. And I just don't understand why ever to put yourself in that situation, knowing that you've done this, knowing that ESPN looked into it, they had already commented to you, and it's a baseball-related thing. I just don't – I don't even understand what he was thinking. But, uh, Angel, do you think that um, the Mets are going to go out and get themselves a new GM? Or are they going to promote Zach Scott? Or are they going to bring back Steve Phillips? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Joe McElwain. I mean, well, what do you think? I think I think this opens I think this opens up a spot for David Cohn, but um oh yeah uh, no I think I think Porter definitely has a future in politics I mean the current cabinet could probably use him but anyway um that that um it, it, I don't know because the last I don't know if you guys heard the last press conference Sandy had he said that he was gonna 
he was going to have an answer within a day or two, and I haven't heard anything since. And that was what Tuesday, I believe. I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, because this dropped on Monday, and um, and still there's nothing. So at this point, I wouldn't think this year, but. You know, it goes back to when they originally had this GM search. I thought, like me personally, I thought that they were going to go after Billy Owen from uh, Billy Owens, who's in Oakland right now, because, you know, prior working relationship with Sandy Alderson and all this and that. So I really thought he was going to be the guy. And and, and, in reality, he probably should have been the guy. But they went with Porter being that they've got glowing, you know, recommendations from them. And I'm pretty sure they reached out to Theo Epstein and Theo Epstein gave them a, a, a good recommendation on them. And they went and hired Zach Scott to be their, basically their assistant GM, AKA slash analytics guy. So uh, he went and if they were, if they felt as though that Zach Scott was ready for a promotion, they would have did it. But, you know, I, I believe they hired him for a role and they want to keep him there. Now, with that being said, I it, it I don't think it's going to get filled in this offseason, no. I think they're going to go status quo forward and, you know, fill it next year. Well, I mean, it seems like <laughs> – it seems like that, if that's the case, Joe, you can chime in here. Uh, that'll be three years in a row, then the Mets will have to fire somebody else because something will happen next year. Well, they're hiring somebody, and it turns out that he uh, he did the same thing but in reverse. You know, like it'll be some sort of weird situation where he was sending Sandy pictures for, you know, for a year straight, and then they hire him, and then this Campbell comes out. I mean, I just – it's just so much there. They are, we talked about this uh, privately, but the Mets fired a general manager in Beltran with the whole the, the scandal of cheating. Then they go last year, they hired him and fired him before spring training. Now with Porter, they hire him and fire him before spring training. So, I mean, I guess next year will be the, the triumvirate. They'll have to hire some other new executive and then fire him before uh, before the end of January. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, if that's if you're going for a trifecta, the Mets want to do that very well. Um, he was, you know, he was very prominent in getting Lindor over here, so – um, he was a good baseball guy, but, you know, without doing the proper checks, I guess, on him, that um, he just turned out to be just a total weirdo and scumbag. And, uh, you know, he's not he's not like uh, familiar or Reyes in terms of beating his wife, but, you know, he must be beating something. But has got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's just totally inappropriate. Now, speaking of that, uh, beating and whatnot, um, I mean, there's so many different avenues you can go with the Mets and, and with, with their, what they've been kind of dealing with. But um, since we have Angel on, before we let him go, um, you know, there was obviously a significant passing this week in baseball and sports in general. But, you know, and, you know, talk about beating, not beating COVID, um, Henry Aaron, it turns out that he passed away, which, I, you know, I can't even lie. A lot of times when I hear so-and-so is in the news, you know, so-and-so dies, I, I think I didn't even know the person was alive still. I actually thought that Henry Aaron had already passed away just because of age and everything else. And you're always hearing, oh, so-and-so died, so-and-so died, you know, whatever. Um, and then you look, no, he's there still alive. But Henry Aaron passed away, baseball's home run king, of course, before Barry Bonds came and, uh, you know, rocketed to the top, so to speak. Um, you know, he, he got his COVID vaccine two weeks ago, and then he was encouraging other African-Americans to go out and get it. And then he dies. Um, which obviously is sad on so many different levels. Uh, I mentioned the COVID thing because it was something that I saw when I, I looked him up. 
that was like the first thing that popped up that he died from COVID and he got gotten the vaccine. So Angel, I mean, I know that you were, you were just a, a wee lad when, uh, when Henry Aaron broke baseball's all time, you know, the, the, the home run record, but um, any thoughts on, uh, on the great Hank Aaron? Yeah. I mean, I didn't get to watch him play, which was a shame, but um, it's sad, sad, you know, he was also 86. So, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's I think just, what's interesting about well, what's interesting about him is the fact that he was chasing Babe Ruth's record, home run record, back in the day, and he faced a lot of death threats to him and his family. And for him to still break Babe Ruth's record is pretty impressive because when you got stuff like you, you know, somebody wants to kill your family or somebody wants to kill you, um, that would kind right. of distract me. And he, he was still able to uh, accomplish something uh, extraordinary, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, sure. he was a hell of a player, man. I seen his picture today. They had three. I had uh, Clemente. You had um, Willie Mays, and I had Hank Aaron. Just well, that, that was a hell of an era in baseball, right there. I mean, yeah. Hank Aaron was he, he was an amazing ball player, and he was a great hitter. That, that's he also hit for three. He also had three thousand hits. He wasn't just a home yeah. run hitter. He was. He was a line drive hitter who who just happened to hit him out from here and there. He played in two great hitting ballparks, hitters ballparks, which he played in County Stadium in Milwaukee and also uh, the launching pad down in Atlanta. So, But, you know, regardless, it, it takes a hell of a ball player to hit 700 and some odd 55 home runs and um, hit get over 3,000 yeah, hits. So it goes to Goes to show say, you, and he played. He, he was, played a, a good right field too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would say I would say he was probably an above average ball player. You know, pretty decent. No Kevin McReynolds, but it's pretty good. What's interesting, right, right. is that um, you know, we talk when we talk about baseball, we talk about players, and we talk about things. What always fascinated about Henry Aaron was the way that he hit. I don't know if you guys ever watched. I know I joked about that earlier because obviously Angel's not old enough to, to have seen him live, but. Um, his, he had a weird batting stance where he basically would hold his hands at his waist almost, and then like, and then as the ball came, he was quick enough to move his his hands up, up towards his head basically, and then down through the zone again. It was just a really weird, odd kind of swing, and he was able to generate enough power, like Angel was saying, to hit home runs and to be a line drive hitter. And I, one thing that's always fascinating to me about the guys is the way that they hit. Like uh, Daryl Strawberry, for example, with the Mets. I mean, he had a sweet swing from the left hand side. And then you've got um, Henry Aaron, who had this kind of like discombobulated, odd, herky-jerky, you know, swing, and he still was able to hit, I mean, he's close to 800 home runs. Um, and that always fascinated me because everybody's got their own kind of their own kind of thing. When I was a kid, um, I used to always like to imitate the way that guys hit, you know, like I'd play baseball or whatever, like whether it was Alomar, whether it was McReynolds, whether it was Strawberry, whether it was Howard Johnson, there was always somebody – you know, that I'd be interested in the way that they have their hands and the way that they move them through the zone and everything. And Henry Aaron was one of those guys. And even, even a Barry Bonds, who kind of had an interesting stance with his hands just kind of off to the side, um, and he would just kind of come through. I mean, I was, I was always fascinated by his odd, you know, just this weird kind of thing where the way that he would swing and, and then bring the, the bat through the, the zone and then hit, you know, a thousand home runs, which, which is always fascinating to me. Um, you know, so he, it's he was a risk sad. hitter. He he flicked his wrist. That that's how he did a lot of his. Uh, that's how that's how come he was so fast through the zone. He he was what they call the wrist hitter. 
all he did was basically boom. It was, if you look at his batting stance and his swing, he was he flicked those wrists and he just generated a lot of power and and just um, well, it wasn't even the power. It was just he he flicked his wrist through his own and he just got it done. That's all it was. That's it. He had fast hands. Yeah, it always reminds me, too, of, uh, of Piazza. I know we all love Mike Piazza when he was in the Mets. We talked to him last week. But Piazza, if you watch him move, he was like a stiff. I mean, he would not he would not move his feet at all. And he would just – it was basically all upper body. And Piazza was just like a robot who would just kind of come through and hit the ball and it would go off to the side, you know, right center, which is his power zone. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the mechanics of baseball and the way you guys do things, it, it's always been a – I know, Joe, you, you're, you're, we always talk about this. With, with, we joke about McReynolds, but – just the way that guys do things and the way that they play and the way that they hit is always, to me, was always it's always fascinating just to kind of watch that, sir. Yeah, I, the two stances that I think about as a kid was Julio Franco and uh, Gary Carter's stand, uh, batting stance. Oh, yeah. Or Gary Sheffield, Gary. That's another one that, that I always found to be fascinating. Watching Carter, uh, Carter watching Sheffield, who was a great ball player in his own right, and the way that he was just kind of over the top with his, with his wrist, just flicking them down. And then he'd come. It was like the opposite of uh, of Aaron, where Henry would start his waist, go up, and then come back. I mean, uh, you you have Sheffield swinging the the bat over his head, and then he would just kind of fly through the zone. So it's just there's just a lot of things. And baseball to me has always been a, it's the reason it's my favorite sport. It's just so fascinating watching these guys, and you, know, you watch Seaver the way that he would pitch and the way he warm up, and kind of you know you watch Satchel Page or just all these different guys. Tom Glavin. I mean, I remember him just the way that he would pitch. And it was just certain ways about the, the 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 manner in which guys perform. You know, Jesse Orozco with his whole, you know, wind-up and, and the way he kind of threw it. So that's always fascinating to me. It's one of the main reasons I love baseball so much is because there's so much – it's so mental and there's so many other things. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of different aspects to it. It's not just going up, shooting a ball, you know, or throwing the, throwing the ball like in football. I don't know. I just It's fascinating to me, guys, and it always has been. And it's, it's the main reason I love baseball so much. I mean, it's obviously not because my team's any good because – uh, that's that's you know I don't remember any of them that success just their failures which pretty much defines me as a person because uh, that I take after the Mets but anyway um, Angel you know it's uh, it's been a pleasure sir having you on I mean any any uh, last thoughts before we uh, hang up on you and uh, and go talk to Craig Carlson <laughs> no I mean I'm just waiting to see what's the next shooter drop what what's gonna happen here I mean you're getting a lot of anti people and a lot of um. The PTSD is coming back for a lot of Met fans. Of I seen a word today that um, I, I'm just me personally. It kind of I'm not saying that that's how it is now, but it brought back bad memories when they were talk when uh, Heyman was talking about um, uh, Brad Hand and how the Mets were monitoring the situation. It uh it brought back some bad memories. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but um. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll see what happens from from here to the next uh, to the next week or whenever we get together again. But you know, I'm hopefully hoping that no more scandals and no more uh, no more junk pics or anything like that pops up. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, hopefully we'll not. Hopefully not. Yeah, for sure. All right, Angel, thanks so much. And remember, don't send anyone uh, 50, 60-plus unwanted text messages, sir. Have a good night. No, man, I'm I'm, I'm basically a married man, so. Yeah, I've heard that before. I mean, I I thought Jerry Porter was married, but that's not the case, sir. (laughs) 
it's, it's been a pleasure. And look, let me just say this before you leave, just before you go. High five. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like. I, I like you, people. <laughs> All right, sir. You have a good one. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, uh, you you look like Michael Jackson did it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shut up. Uh, <laughs> we can sit here. We can do Borat clips all night, sir. But anyway, you listen. You have a good night, and, and we'll talk soon for sure. Christ, if I was the commissioner, I'd be. <laughs> all right, Dave. Take care, Joe. Take care. <laughs> take care. You stay safe. Let's go, Mets. Let's go. Ooh. See ya. Uh, the, the one and only Angel, our Mets beat reporter, chiming in there. Um, yeah, he's a huge Borat fan. I know we've talked about Borat, you know, until the cows come home. But I mean, there's just so many. That, I think we, we need to get some more Borat clips, clips on this uh, on this board, sir. I mean, you know, just uh, it's it's just a great <laughs> the first movie, not the second movie. Just so many different great right. things you can put in there. But folks, um. You know, we've been talking about the match, we've been talking about sports, and, you know, we're going to come back with a few other topics before we wrap it up. So uh, we will be uh, back after this. Hey, this is Ana Rodriguez with Texas USA 2011, and I want you to check out Pure Gold Radio at puregoldpg.com. You can listen in to their show every week with David and Joe. They are simply pure gold. Make sure to listen in to Pure Gold every week for some of the best talk radio around. Hey everyone, this is Brittany Don Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011, and Pure Gold is the best show on the radio. So make sure you tune in, check out the latest in entertainment, news, and sports. Hi, this is Heather Lynn, 32 Fantastic Manager Extraordinaire. Make sure and tune in every Wednesday to Pure Gold Radio Show and check out the archives <laughs> at puregoldpg.com. And make sure you check mine out. You might learn a thing or two from some of the biggest brains in the business. Hey, this is Lisa Marie Latino of Longshot Productions, and you are listening to Pure Gold. I think the best part about all these clips, sir, is that they're all outdated, and uh, we still use them because, of course, what. And we got people talking about that. Check it. Check us out on puregoldpg.com, which doesn't exist. And then, uh, yeah, tune in every Wednesday. I, when was the last time we did a show on Wednesday? I have no idea, sir. Oh, man. It's a good question. It might have been like four or five years ago. Um, yeah, good point. Uh, but, you know, continuing on with the negativity on tonight's show, like I said, um, just to name a few recent ones, because there have been a, quite a few the past uh, five, six months, but you know, the other passings that happened in baseball, like, did you hear that Don Sutton passed away? Yes, uh, yes, I actually did, and um, we didn't bring it up earlier, but I um, I remember Don Sutton, of course, from, uh, you know, growing up in New Jersey, and then, all, you know, obviously you've got the TBS Superstation, I mean, he was one of the announcers for a long time, long yep. time announcer for the, uh, for the Braves, so I remember Don Sutton as an announcer, um, you know, watching Braves games, and, you know, the Mets or whatever, so I saw that, and that made me sad too, because obviously, you know, it's somebody that I that I kind of grew up with, not a Mets fan, uh, not not a Braves fan, personally, but somebody that I did grow up listening to, sir. No, I agree. And then 
Uh, for some reason, on my rundown sheet last uh, last week, I had Tommy. I didn't know what that meant, but now I just realized that it meant Tommy Lasorda. So another baseball royalty passed away this <laughs> over the over the last couple you, weeks. We did, you're telling me that we didn't talk about Tommy Lasorda last week. You had that in your notes, and we never discussed it. We never got to it because Angel like talked forever. <laughs> Oh yeah, let's blame Angel for the fact that you, like a like an absolute buffoon, didn't write Lasorda. If I was going to write one name, it wouldn't have been Tommy. Because who the hell is Tommy? I would have put Lasorda. Uh, if if nothing else, yeah, Tommy Lasorda did pass away. I remember reading that. And I, Tommy Lasorda is another guy who I swear I thought he died like five years ago. And I, I don't. I'm not trying to laugh or, or anything. I mean, Tommy was a great personality. He was involved with you know wrestling and. Um, just a guy who was a fa- who was just so famous, and obviously he was a, you know, when you talk about the Mets, he's the the father-in-law, no, of uh, uh, oh no, is Godfather? He's he's related Godson. somehow to Godson. Well, he's the Godfather of uh, Bobby Valentine, who was My the Mets manager for so long. Um, so obviously there's a familiar connection there, and uh, just a shame about Tommy. Tommy was in his 90s, right? And it's a shame what happened to him, but. Uh, I think the bigger shame to me is that you just didn't even remember who Tommy was. That's that's unforgivable. I, I thought Tommy was the godfather to Mike Piazza. <laughs> he was the godfather to Mike Piazza, but there's a there's a connection there. Um, I got I got to figure this out. I got to figure out what the connection is. Um, but there's something with with Valentine. Um, I know, I know that there is. I'm not crazy, so I'll, I'll have our okay. team producer and and we'll we'll look that up, sir. Um, yeah. You know, let's put it that way. The other recent deaths in baseball that we didn't even get to because we obviously didn't have a show regularly, but you talk about like Joe Morgan. We talked about Tom Seaver obviously because he was the Mr. Met. He was um, the icon, the franchise. Uh, but you know, you've had a, a whole slew of these legends passing away. In the last year or so, um, it's crazy. Even like Joe, like I said, Joe Morgan. Um, you have a whole baseball team. There was a, a a graphic on the news the other night that showed pretty much every position, uh, including pitcher and catcher, or uh, have passed away in the past year. They said that this team, that the, the players that have passed away over the past year, could form a great baseball team up in the sky. Uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, or you know, in hell, but let's let's that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't understand why. I mean, depending on your beliefs of the afterlife, I don't know why did I think that Lasorda and um, Bobby Valentine there there's some sort of connection. Is it Ralph Frank? I think there's some sort of connection between them, um, between uh, Lasorda and uh, and Bobby Valentine. I, I gotta figure out what this is, sir. I could have sworn there's some kind of there's some kind of connection there. Okay, so you're not confusing that Mike Piazza is his godfather. godfather. No, 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 no. Definitely no. not. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, as you try to figure that out, I'll go through my I'll go through my rundown. Uh, we we didn't really get to touch upon this, that the uh, the New York Jets, my beloved New York Jets, have a new head coach, Robert Sala, who's uh, of Muslim descent, and um, you know takes over a team that went. Two and fourteen, which should have gone zero and sixteen, so they could get the number one draft pick, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. But you know, typical Jets, they win a game that they should have, you know, tried to lose, but they win the game. They 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 lose out on the number one pick overall, which goes to Jacksonville. And now the Jets are scrambling, but they might be able to get Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans in a trade. But they would have to trade uh, a couple of their number one picks that they got. 
for Jamal Adams a couple years ago when he went to Seattle. But the the fact that they have, the Jets have a new head coach, um, and if they get a new quarterback like Deshaun Watson, if they're getting him from Houston, I think that they could rebuild this team really fast. I know that the Giants are on the up and up with Joe Judge, but I think the Jets will look pretty good with Salah as their head coach um, and a quarterback. I, I think that, I, unfortunately, I think that Sam Donald's career as a New York Jet is done. Um, he, he, if he stayed another year or two, they'd have to pay him big money, and I don't think he's worth it. I don't think it's all his fault. They didn't surround him with key players, but I think that, um, unfortunately, I think he's going to end up on a different team, and the Jets will need to get a quarterback, and hopefully Deshaun Watson, because they lost out on the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes by uh, sweepstakes by winning two games this year that they should have just basically went 0-16. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I totally I figured out what the connection was. Uh, he was oh go ahead. So Bobby, we'll get look back to Jets in a second. But Bobby Valentine is married to the daughter of Ralph Branca, who is a player for the uh, for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And then he and Tommy were teammates um, on the Brooklyn Dodgers. And obviously Tommy was famous for being the manager of the LA Dodgers. But there's like I knew there was something going on there. But um, so so are you? Uh, we'll get back to obviously get back to the Jets. Are you optimistic about this signing? I know you mentioned this suggestion again on 16 and, you know, been kicked out of the league and everything else, but um, are you uh, are you optimistic the Jets can turn around, or is it the same old Jets? Uh, I want to say I'm more optimistic than I was two years ago when they hired Adam Gase, because Adam Gase was a total farce. I mean, Joe Beningo ripped them, uh, Carlton ripped them, uh, Evan Roberts ripped them, so... Uh, I was definitely on board with them, with their take on it. Um, I think this coach is the defensive coordinator from the 49ers, and I've always thought that he looked like and felt like a guy that could really command a locker room, command a team. Um, so I'm happy with this, him as a coach. I do think that they do need Deshaun Watson. Hopefully they get him, but it's going to cost uh, a pretty penny. The Jets can't afford to to trade their draft picks Um but hopefully it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg because they still have other holes to fill. Um, it's interesting that, you know, tomorrow we're talking about the Jets and when the, tomorrow's like the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship game, you got the, the Buffalo Bills taking on the Chiefs and you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady, no less, uh, facing the Green Bay Packers uh, tomorrow for the, the right to go to the Super Bowl. Um, and if the Bucks actually win, I don't know if you know this, but the the Super Bowl this year is at Raymond J Stadium, where the, where WrestleMania should have been. But that's where the Bucks play uh, at home. It'll be the first time ever that a team will be playing at their home turf. So if the, if Brady is somehow wills his magic once again, you're looking at a uh, Bucks and uh, based on what happened last week, Mahomes got a concussion. I don't think he's going to be at 100. percent I think that the Bills are ripe for the uh, upset. And I think we're looking at I think we're looking at a Packers. Unfortunately for people that like Brady, but you know a Packers and Bills Super Bowl, where people probably want a Packers and Chiefs Super Bowl because that would be really fun to see Mahomes against Aaron Rodgers. Um, but Tom Brady, the ageless one, sir, never gets old. <laughs> Finds his way to a team that gets to the NFC Championship game on his first year on the team. Just uh, the guy is just I think he's one of the best quarterbacks that ever lived. Well, I mean, I would say he's a pretty he's a pretty decent uh, quarterback. Uh, probably he's no Kevin McReynolds, but decent. <laughs> and what's interesting about about Brady, right, is that I mean, this guy's about eighty five years old, and he's still playing at this ridiculously high level. And I never thought, I never ever thought that he would be leading another team possibly to a Super Bowl. I figured he would have just been buried 
you know, in the end zone over to what stadium where the Patriots play. But obviously that didn't happen, and it's just crazy for me to think about it. But you mentioned uh, WrestleMania, and actually do you know that next WrestleMania is going to be at Raymond James Stadium, right? Like the one yeah, the one coming up in a couple of months, they're they're moving it there. They are. Was it, was it supposed to be there last year, though, or no? Yes, it was supposed to be there. No, you got it right. I'm just saying that okay. because of what happened with it with uh, that Rona, they moved it to now this year with WrestleMania, whatever the hell number, to 37, I guess. And then uh, they already announced the next couple of WrestleManias, which is interesting. But um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess as for my money, I wouldn't mind seeing the Bills go to the Super Bowl and actually win the Super Bowl. You know, of course, mm-hmm. they're famous for those four years in a row that they went with uh, with Jim Kelly as the quarterback. And I mean, they had some, you know, Thurman Thomas had some great great players back in the back in the nineties, and uh, just an amazing franchise that just could never get over the hump. They obviously lost to my uh, my Gigantes, which is which. Of course, that's great. I mean, I'll take that every every week and twice on Sunday. But um, it's just crazy to me that you know the, Tom Brady possibly, maybe, definitely leading the Bucks to the Super Bowl. I mean, just unbelievable, sir. What's interesting too is that you know, we'll, if he ever does get to the Super Bowl and wins it, the um, you know the Bill Belichick will be absolutely furious. I'm sure, embarrassed the fact that. You know the the whole chicken. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Um, what came first, uh, Bill Belichick coaching or Tom Brady being a great quarterback, winning all those Super Bowls? If Tom Brady goes out and wins a Super Bowl this year with the Bucks, I think that the conversation now tilts towards Tom Brady was the reason why the the Patriots were so good for so many years. So you're saying uh, you're saying that uh, if they pass each other, you know, at the end of the game and. Uh, Bill Belichick would not extend his hand for a handshake. Is that that's what I'm hearing? I think that's what I think the conversation. Yeah, I think that will happen. But I also think the conversation will be that the reason why the Patriots were so good for 20 years and had a you know a, a long run of winning championships and, and Super Bowls um, was the fact that Tom Brady was the, the the quarterback and not the fact that Bill Belichick was the coach. You know, people debate that back I mean, and forth. I mean, I get what you're saying, but you you got to think it's a, it's a mixture of the two things, obviously, because, I mean, I don't think Brady would have won with just any coach. At this point in his career, I mean, he's surrounding himself with talent, so he's surrounding himself with talent, but I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can diminish what uh, what the sweater, the original sweater has done for uh, for the franchise over there in New England, but uh, crazy to me is that he was a Jets quarterback, uh, he was a Jets quarterback, the Jets coach for like a week, and he hated the Jets so much that he just left. Could you imagine if Bill Belichick could, had stayed uh, as coach of the Jets? I mean, you know, imagine Tom Brady would have been a Jet, and uh, right. the Jets would have won 13 different Super Bowls in a row, probably. <laughs> and I would definitely. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but you know, <laughs> we're we're running up against midnight. I just want to get to two more notes that I, and then if you have anything else, but the the fact that. Um, you know, back in 2008, in terms of basketball, um, you had, like, the forming of the big three in Boston, which is my team, obviously. You had Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen join forces to win a yeah, title. Yeah, it sounds but the, vaguely familiar. Vaguely familiar, right? So, you know, this year's uh, big three is now in Brooklyn. You know, you got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irvin, and James Harden. And the fact that they lost two games in a row to the Cleveland Cavaliers because they don't play defense – um, I couldn't love him more than anything because I, I think Kyrie Irving is a mental case. He was a mental case on the Celtics. 
Um, the fact that he didn't want to play with the team anymore was a disgrace. So uh, I just wish nothing but ill will towards the Brooklyn Nets unless they get to the finals. <laughs> If they get to the finals against the Lakers, then I'm, I'm definitely going to root for the Brooklyn Nets because I don't want the Lakers to have more championships than the Celtics. Oh, of course. I mean, you're you're, you're <clears throat> that's your thing. I mean, you've talked. I've known you for years, and we've talked about this for years. But it, when I saw the Harden thing, you know, I again going back to Tommy Lasorda, yeah. the fact that yeah. you had Tommy in your notes. I mean, you probably put James <laughs> or Jim. You probably put Jim in your notes. And you're like, who the hell is Jim? Why, why are we not talking Jim Gordon? Like, why am I not talking about this? Um, you know, I think I, I do think it's crazy that Harden ended up with the Nets. I mean, who would have thought the Nets leave New Jersey, they go to Brooklyn, and all of a sudden they've got this ridiculous team. But again, you mentioned the defense and all that, but they've got this. This, I mean, could you see them if they got their their heads on straight? Could you see them winning the championships there? I definitely could because I think Durant is the X factor right there. I think I don't care for Kyrie Irving. He took some time off for some personal whatever he wanted to do. He didn't even let the team know why he was going to take some time off. Um, he was upset. Apparently, he was upset with the whole rioting of the Capitol, and this upset him. Um, I think it's all BS. But um, yeah, I wasn't definitely think that. Wasn't he also fined for? Wasn't he also fined heavily for a COVID party or not COVID party? But you know, something to do with not. No social distancing and not wearing a mask or something. Wasn't that a thing with Kyrie? Yeah, I believe he was having. He had a big party at, at actually in West Orange in New Jersey, um, where his sister lives. Oh. Um, had a huge Your party with woods. no mask. Yeah, my neck of the woods. Um, he had this huge party and he was fined like fifty-eight thousand dollars. To me, that's chump change. I mean, the guy makes like sixteen or eighteen million dollars a year. Uh, but yeah, he was fined too. But I, I definitely think that. Uh, if the Nets get their heads on straight, those three should be able to get to the finals and should be able to beat the Lakers because the Lakers, they have, you know, LeBron James, who's aging. Um, he's getting really old now. Uh, but you also have Anthony Davis. Um, it would be a great finals to see, obviously, but I'd be rooting hard for the Brooklyn Nets at that point if I ever got to that. Um, you know, Lakers, just I, I can't have them win another championship. I just can't. I, that would be... I'd probably stop watching basketball if they ever passed them right now. It's seventeen to seventeen in terms of titles. <laughs> I was upset. I was I was upset when the Lakers won this past year in October um, well, when they won the title this, in this that past bubble. Last year when they won the title, and that, that's kind yeah. of a joke when they won the title. By the way, yeah, you can put an asterisk on that one. I mean, I, yeah, it's like sixteen and a half titles. It's just you know, I mean, I, I don't ever want LeBron to win again. I just think it's a joke that LeBron. You know, the whole thing to me is a disaster with LeBron James, yeah. but. It's definitely interesting to see what's happening in Brooklyn, sir, to see where they go. Uh, you know, I would, as far as throwing my two cents in there, I would love to see him win the title just because I remember in the 2000s when uh, Jason Kidd was leading the uh, New Jersey yes. Nets back in the right. day. I mean, right. hell, they, they right. made it to the finals, you know, multiple times and they got absolutely destroyed. But it would be nice yep. to see the Nets possibly uh, lift up a championship banner there, you know? Yeah, the season's only about a month old, so we could definitely get to uh, more about that stuff. But, you know, I just want to get to my other nuggets real fast. Um, the fact that next week is my favorite pay-per-view of the year, um, even though uh, I won't have be able to watch it, it is the WWE Royal Rumble. Um, <laughs> of course. The fact, the fact that the Royal Rumble is right around the corner tells you how fast um, the year has uh, already started. You know, we're already at the end of January. Soon we'll be at the end of February, and then spring training will start, and then we'll be talking Mets all the time. So, in terms of the, oh, yeah. in terms of wrestling, in terms of wrestling, though, I don't know if you know about this, but Drew McIntyre tested positive for COVID uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. So he's and, been uh, off the, the air. You know this, but 
I don't know if you know this, but Drew McIntyre also tested positive for uh, wrestling Goldberg at the Royal Rumble, which, I mean, when the hell did you ever think that you would see that those names in the same sentence, let alone the same match? Goldberg against Drew McIntyre. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to touch upon. I, 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 to me, it boggles my mind because last year before um, Roman Reigns pulled himself out of WrestleMania, it was supposed to be Goldberg and Roman Reigns, and I thought that the, the common sense, logical thing was to continue that storyline, have Goldberg come back, especially now that Roman Reigns is a heel, have him face Roman yeah, Reigns. Either at, 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 yeah, either face at the Royal Rumble or face him at WrestleMania, but the fact that they, they took Goldberg and now he's pit against uh, Drew McIntyre, to me, makes no sense at all. What, what do you think, what, what were they thinking when they decided to do that instead of having a storyline continue from last year? Well, I think what happened is uh, WWE looked at the story and they said, what would actually make sense? Would it make sense to have Goldberg show up on Raw and go after Drew McIntyre? Or would right. it make sense for him to go on SmackDown and show up, you know, and go after uh, Roman Reigns? And, of course, everybody said, oh, it would make sense for him to go after Roman. They said, all right, good, book it. Drew McIntyre against Ro- <laughs> against uh, Goldberg at the Royal Rumble. I mean, that's pretty much what happened in that scenario. It, it makes no sense whatsoever, especially because, like, I mean, Drew's not a heel. And Goldberg's on a heel, so where's the what, where's the thread there? You know, I don't. I, I, I've always been a fan of Goldberg, but I mean, you know, I just don't understand the logic of every time he comes back, let's just give him a title match, and then he puts the title. It's just the whole thing. A typical WWE makes no sense whatsoever, sir. Not only that, but I feel like they pigeonhole themselves because, okay, say if Goldberg wins, like what the heck is that about? What does that tell you about Drew McIntyre? And if he loses, okay, so he came back for a title match and he lost against Drew instead of Roman. Okay, that's the end of Goldberg for a while, I guess. Well, let me ask you this. What makes less sense, uh, Goldberg going after somebody other than Roman Reigns or Roman Reigns fighting Adam Pearce at the (laughs) Royal Rumble for the WWE Universal Championship? I mean, which one of those makes less sense, sir? Because Adam, who who had a great career, you know, in, in the Indies and whatnot, um, and not, not at the level of WWE, obviously, but he's a producer now with them. Like, how do you give this guy his first match in the company is going to be for the for the Universal title? How does that even – I mean, his first actual match. Uh, how, is that, how does that even make sense? This guy hasn't wrestled in years. Why? Please tell I'm me guessing, why. I'm guessing you didn't follow the storyline the past week, but, like, um, when they did the contract signing, like, they always do a contract signing something for these big pay-per-views. Um, Adam Pierce said cards subject to change, and um, the name on the contract was Kevin Owens instead of Adam Pierce. Oh, really? I, I did not see that, sir. It's because I don't okay. pay attention to WWE. <laughs> so, uh, so Kevin Owens is going to be the one fighting Roman Reigns? Exactly, at, at Royal Rumble next week. Interesting. Well, the fact that it was a story to me made no sense because I thought what they were going for was going to be Shinsuke Nakamura, who seems like he's really, you know, they're kind of bringing him into the, the fold as a, as a face. You know, you kind of thought that's where they were going to go, but of course they yeah, didn't, yeah. and he had great performance in that in that gauntlet match. And then you give right. it to Pierce, and then now, so now you're saying it's Kevin Owens. It goes to show you how little I pay attention to the WWE, but honestly, when I heard the Adam Pierce thing, it was just so bad on, on so many levels. It just made absolutely no sense. Um, and since we're talking about things, you know, just making no sense, uh, and another death, because we've spoken so much about people dying, uh, Larry King also passed away. Um, you know, we can't – Larry King was a legend, of course, of, you know, when it came to broadcasting and everything. He's 87 years old, and he had, you know, something to do with the WWE, sir. So just, just I throw that out there. Um, do you want to hear Larry what's King, interesting about that? Know, 
Yeah. No, yeah, of course. Very sad, 87 years old, but what's weird, I think it's weird. I mean, you might not, you might think that this is just bizarre for me to think like this, but um, back on January 23rd, because he passed away this morning, I think early this morning, so it was January 23rd, uh, there's another famous talk show host that passed away on January 23rd in 2005. Do you know who that was? 2005, famous talk show host? Um, I have no idea. Johnny Carson passed away on the same exact day, uh, not the same exact year, but the same exact day as Larry King. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Um, I think it's weird how stuff like that happens, but of course Larry was with yeah. And Larry, if I'm not mistaken, I think Larry buried like two of his kids this year, didn't oh, he? Yeah. I, know, I know his son died not that his long ago, but I thought his son a... and his daughter died. His son died with a massive heart attack, and his his daughter le- last year, and his, his daughter also passed away last year with, I think she had a, an aneurysm, which is very sad to hear that two of his kids died before he did. You know, you never want you never want to outlive your kids, oh. obviously. And but of died. course, it's, it's amazing. What's even sadder is that you're actually you're you sound like you're laughing as you're making that statement. So I mean, that, that's how sick you are that you're sitting here just, just yucking it up with Larry King's kids dying. Uh, but it, it is a shame with Larry, you know, again, 87 years old. And honestly, I thought, I mean, I know I knew he was still alive, but, I, you know, you see the names pop up and it's like, oh, so-and-so is trending. First thing you think, they're gone. So I would have thought Larry would have, would have died a long time ago. But, you know, obviously just so many different people passing away. And we talked about Brody Lee last week. And there's just, you know, obviously now in sports and entertainment, in general, all these different names, it's just, just, just crazy. So 2021 has not, uh, not been a great year uh, so far. Not so far. And my last topic before, uh, actually about Larry King, I think you're going to find this fascinating. I heard the stat that he had over 55,000 on TV or on air interviews. Can you imagine doing 55,000 interviews? I could. I mean, hell, we've done, we've probably done close to, you know, 300 or more, uh, definitely more, because we had shows where we had two or three guests we did interviews mm-hmm. on. I would say we're probably somewhere in the 200 plus. Uh, so I could see that. It's fascinating. Howard Stern's another guy who I've, I'm not a fan of his, but I've always found his interview style fascinating. And I just like interviews and I like talking and, and getting to know people and just kind of, you know, I think it's one thing we've always done well on this show. So yeah. 55,000 interviews. I mean, I don't think Larry was even was mentally present because if you watch a lot of his older, you know, newer stuff, um, yeah. I mean, the kind of promos he was cutting, I mean, just not. I was watching one. Do you did you hear about or do you at all remember see the infamous uh, one he did with Jerry Seinfeld, where Seinfeld, no what happened? Uh, it's get, so you gotta you gotta look it up. But so at the time the B movie had come out. So this is this is years ago. I you know same century, but the the yeah. B movie, the animated movie that Jerry Seinfeld did, um, and Larry King was in the movie as a character. And he was talking about Larry King brought up about Seinfeld, and he basically asked him if Seinfeld got canceled, and he was like, "Wait, what do you mean? Did it get canceled?" He's, he's like, "Did it get canceled, or did you cancel it?" He's like, "Well, I, Larry, like, are you serious?" And he gets annoyed. It's, he seems Jerry seems genuinely annoyed with Larry, and he's like, "I was the number one show on the planet. Seventy-five million people watched the, the finale." Like, I went out on top. I went out on number one. Like, that's a lot different right. than being canceled. And it's like a whole back and forth. It's not a long clip from what I saw, but you got to see it. And Seinfeld looks visibly, and, and he sounds kind of upset with Larry. So I thought that was interesting. But, you know, I, what I are Larry's infamous, uh, infamous interviews? 
can, can, all right, I will definitely watch that when we get uh, when we go off the air. But can I just ask you before we get to my last nugget? Is there somebody on the on the call on the line that wants to talk to us? Um, uh, there, it's a it's a possibility. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to screen the call before, sir. So you just we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do a little call screening before we continue, sir. <laughs> okay. But you um, you continue, of course. Yeah, I will. Um, the the thing I want to discuss. And if we were in the studio and we were sitting together, um, I would definitely be going nuts about this. But this past Thursday, past Wednesday, was Inauguration Day, which fulfilled the biggest sham, the biggest conspiracy, biggest cover-up in probably modern-day history when Joe Biden somehow overcame um, obstacles in terms of votes um, to become the president, the 46th president of the United States, and uh, has signed over 25 executive orders already. And his, he was preaching about unity and how he wants this country to be unified now, and he wants to have all the supporters of Trump be uh, be supporters of him. And the fact that they're still going with this sham of a pe- impeachment tells me that they don't want unity; they just want more division, and they don't they hate the Republicans and they hate anybody that's conservative. Um, like well, I said, I'd be screaming right now. I would say they specifically hate uh, Trump and, and his supporters and whatnot. But before we kind of go on that, we actually do yeah. have a call. Uh, Louis, Louis is joining us. He's off the East Coast. He's got a New Jersey phone number, which is fine. Okay. I mean, I don't even live in New Jersey anymore, but he has one. But Louis uh, actually yeah. wanted to talk about uh, Larry King since we're talking about it. So, Louis, how are you doing this sure. evening, sir? All right. Uh, Louis, how are you? Yeah. All right. First time, first time caller, but no stranger to Black Talk Radio at all. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we, we've been on Blog Talk a long time. So you mentioned Larry King, which is fascinating. I mean, we were just yes. talking about him. What did you want to What did you want to talk about with Larry? Obviously, he passed away this week. Well, I mean, you know, I wasn't a big fan of it. I wasn't really a big fan of him either. You know, because you know he was a little bit more, uh, shall we say, pompous, a little sarcastic. But you know, I do admire you know for all what he's what he's done in his thirty-five plus forty-year career. I mean, I remember when he was just doing a radio first thing on CNN. And that's how I, uh, you know, got to uh, hear about him. Fifty-five thousand guests. Well, that's that's one I think Johnny Carson never did. Oh yeah, for sure. And considering the type of format that, but the thing about Larry, and this is not to poke fun at him or anything, but uh, you know, at, at his age and him, you know, doing the shows and stuff, the last I don't know five ten years, it just seemed like he was kind of uh, mailing it in, so to speak. And I don't know if you heard before you called in, but I was talking about the. The famous uh, Jerry Seinfeld interview with him. Did, did you hear about yes. that one? Did you see that one? Yeah, that I was watching I that clip uh, earlier today. So, uh, what did you think about that? Well, I didn't think I saw the actual clip, but uh, I, I did hear. I did hear about it. It seems that uh, yeah, Larry has made a few enemies over the years. <laughs> yeah, Jerry was visibly annoyed with him, and you know, Jerry is a comedian. Yeah. If you've ever listened to to him, aside from his stand up. You know, he seems like a pretty even yes. keel kind of guy, but he definitely seemed annoyed with the fact that Larry didn't know that his show was number one when it got when it when it went off the air because Seinfeld was the one right. who decided like I don't want to do this anymore, and he seemed really bothered by the fact that Larry had no that Larry had no idea, and I, I'm laughing because I got the guy's passed away and I'm over here you know making fun of a terrible interview that yeah. he did. But I just thought that was fascinating, you know, and, and that I did. It's a short clip. From well, you know what I think. I think Larry might. I well, think uh, Jerry might better off doing. I think Jerry might be better off doing Merv Griffin. Oh boy. Oh. Oh boy. Merv Griffin. Talk, talk about an old <laughs> reference, but yeah. Um, 
So, so you yeah, I'll bring out the furniture. The blog talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great show. I one of the all time one of the all time great shows ever. Um, now yes. you mentioned that you're not a stranger to uh, to blog talk. Do you listen to a lot of blog talk, no. or or have you actually done blog like a uh, done a show on blog talk? I've been involved with blog talk now for the last five years. I've had had a show on blog talk, but I moved to another network. Oh, really? I, just out of curiosity, what what network is that? Uh, I'm actually now associated with Uber. <laughs> Uber, like picking people up and. Delivering and all that stuff—that Uber? Not related. Not no, not related. Interesting. There's, I never heard wait, of there's another Uber. Yeah, there's another Uber that uh, that does uh, podcasts, and I host a show on that. Interesting. Now, when yeah. just out of curiosity, when you do the podcast, are you driving the person around in the car while you do the show? I'm just curious. <laughs> no, no, no. This, no, this is through this is through the internet. And what what uh, is your show? Oh, oh, wait, hold on a second. So. No. So what you, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned that. <laughs> one at a time. Um, hold on one second. I gotta. I gotta. Uh, there, there's this famous. There's this famous clip that we have from the show. You, you guys can obviously keep talking. We'll, we'll find it. But um, so you you do the show currently? I've been doing it as host for the last three years. And what do you talk about on the show? It's a sports program. And we cover cool. all sports. Is it strictly sports? Uh, yes. Are, are you like covering the sport? No, I was just saying. Do you we cover could. like local teams, or do you cover like every sports team in the entire leagues, or just local teams? Everything we could possibly fit in, in a two-hour show. Awesome! I gotta listen to this. Uh, when should. does it go now, on? What What time yeah, of day? Yeah, miss, uh, wait, where are you? Uh, where are you based? First of all. Uh, me personally, well, or me and Dave? The show. Well, this is where you're we're located because I'm on the. I go by uh, time zone. I go by the East Coast, so I don't know if you're if you're based on the East Coast, the West Coast. Oh yeah, the East Coast. Yeah. Well, Joe. Uh, okay, Joe actually lives in New o'clock. Jersey. I, okay. Yeah. Five I mentioned this earlier on Saturdays. Oh, okay, nice. So during the afternoon, that's pretty good. Now I mentioned this earlier because um, of your phone number. You have a nine seven three number that comes up, and the three of us. Do. Correct. I'm originally from New Jersey. I no longer live there, but Joe still lives in New Jersey. So you know we are friends for twenty plus oh. years, and we met in New Jersey. So I mean that that's always fascinating to us when you talk about, um, you know, kind of the way things work out. Now you said we, so I'm assuming you have a co-host. Or people call in, or, or how yes. does that work? I have co-hosts. And I okay. have people that do call in. It varies. Funny, Sometimes uh, I get. So, no, go ahead, go ahead. Sometimes I get like about just a few callers. Sometimes we get a lot of callers. And tonight I have my best outing of the season so far. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, the platform that you're on, is it the type of thing where you, you can kind of you get promoted on it? Because the way Blog Talk works, if you're, you mentioned you're familiar with it, like if you have, you have there's different packages that they do, um, and I, don't, I have no idea who would ever pay an astronomical rate of $250 a month to be at to have a show on Blog Talk, but when Joe and I first started, we started we just did our ten year anniversary show. We did ten years and we've had I mean, you know, you talk about local, we've wow. had Howard Johnson, we've we've had um you know Leonard Marshall. I mean we've had we've had famous wrestlers, just everything because we do everything sports and everything. Yeah. Uh, sports, wrestling, you know, anything and everything basically. Um but 
you know, one of the things for us with that was like when we had different times and were able to do the show earlier, you kind of get a better response. Now with us, we're doing it now. We're, we're having fun and everything, but we just kind of, we're just trying to get back on the ball. But there was a point where we were doing prime time, like seven o'clock at night and nine o'clock at night, you know, during the week when we did yeah. the show. So you're doing Saturday at five in the afternoon and you're getting uh, people to call in. That's, that's really good. Oh, by the way, the clip that I was yeah. talking about earlier when you mentioned Uber uh, was this. And we out of your home. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually Joe <laughs> on the air with Mike Francesa one time where he called in and somehow he was talking about this show on Pure Gold. <laughs> Mike was fascinated by the fact that, and this is years ago, but he was fascinated by the fact that we did a show out of our home. And, of course. Uh, you have a show on the Internet? Mike thought that was like the greatest thing. I think thing I ever recall that. that. Do a show. <laughs> really? I'm very familiar with Mike. I'm very familiar with Mike Francesa. Yeah, well, Joe's Joe's a big fan. I mean, Joe, Joe, he he's like a father figure to to Joe. But uh, so you, you mentioned that. So just out of curiosity, what teams do you follow? Since you're a local guy, what are your teams in sports? Okay, well, um, are you which sport are you mentioning? Because. Uh, you know, I follow, well, I follow we, we all sports, you know, basketball. The beginning of the show, we started with the Mets and their whole scandal with Jared Porter and everything. Joe and I are yes, both Mets fans. Yes, I know, fans. I know. What a boob. What a boob, first of all. Yeah. I mean, doesn't anybody, check back, doesn't anybody do background checks on their staff anymore? What a dope. <laughs> well, one of the things Joe and I were talking about was the fact that um, you, you got a guy who has a dream job. And this was my take on it when I first heard about it. If I was Porter, uh, I never would have done it, but I never would have taken the job being the Mets general manager because the Mets are not a laughing stock anymore. The Mets are actually a desirable location. They're one of like the big teams like, Oh wow. What are the Mets doing with their new owner? I would have never even taken the job because ESPN reached out to him multiple times about the story and he denied it. And then this, and then it's a fake picture, whatever, all the nonsense that he went through. So I don't want to get into all that. My point is that right. um, he had this, a bit, this job opportunity, a job of a lifetime, had it for months. At some point you got to think, well, this is going to come back and bite me in the rear end. So I don't even understand why he took the job in the first place. But that's what we were talking about. We talked about that. We talked about, obviously, Hank Aaron passing away. And eventually we got into the whole Larry King yeah, thing. Yeah, very sad. Joined in. But, you know, absolutely. We talked about Tommy Lasorda passing away. We forgot to mention it on the show last week because there was a minor technical error on Joe's part, and that didn't come up. And Don Sutton passed away. So just a lot Dan of bad news yes. in the world of sports. So we talked about that, but but yeah, we talked about the Mets. So baseball, football. I mean, what are your teams? Um, I'm on the other side of the uh, baseball spectrum. Yankees. Sorry, uh, Yankees. Yeah, I mean, Yankees. Nets. Uh, Knicks. Jets. Oh, you're a Jets fan. Okay, yeah. Joe, Joe is a Jets fan. So Yankees. The, I've, I've always been fascinated. I'm a Mets and Giants fan. How? Why would anybody want to be a Yankees fan with the success they had, and then also a Jets fan? That's always boggled my mind. I mean, I get being a Mets fan, Jets fan, because they're both losing franchises historically. Because you know you want to be a loser. But why would you? How? How are you a Jets? Just out of curiosity, just you know, how are you a Jets fan? I got from my father's side of the family. That no, I mean, that's, that's the same thing. Yeah, that makes total sense. I'm a Mets fan because my dad decided to ruin my life. But uh, did you mention, did you say the Nets? Are you a Nets fan in basketball? Yes, but yes, I'm a Nets fan. I remember actually okay. first so, came to New Jersey back in 1976. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a little, little before my time. I'm Joe was old. about 30 back then. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, Joe was actually on, on his stuff. <laughs> well, if you're talking about 76, that's a little bit before my time, but we were literally just talking before before you, you chimed in um, and before we got into Larry King, we were talking about the Nets and the fact that they now have James Harden on the team and how blown away. Because I remember being, you know, living in Jersey, living around the corner from where they played over at the Brendan Burton Arena, the Confidential Airlines Arena, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And the Nets are always kind of like a joke team other than, you know, the 2000s when they went to the finals those two times and got destroyed. But the fact that they have James Harden on their team now, along with Kyrie Irving and along with, of course, um, Kevin Durant, it, it just boggles my mind because I just, you know, Joe, Joe likened it to 2008 when the Celtics got, you know, the, the big three with Pierce and Durant and, and, and uh, not Durant, uh, Garnett, Pierce, Garnett, and then, of course, Ray Allen. It's just, uh, you know, yeah. as a fan, you're biased, of course. What do you think about the Nets' chances this year? The season's young. I mean, are they going to get well, better and, 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 you know? This I look as like a transition year. You got new players, you got new coach, everything is, you know, like starting all over again. I do see, of course, making the playoffs, but on the lower end, like in the seventh or eighth, I mean, I'm not expecting anything, you know, you know, big, you know, making it to the conference finals or finals. That's still like about I think a year or two away. I mean, they're gonna they're they're gonna have a good season, but not spectacular. But if you give them like uh, one or two years, I think you're gonna be very surprised. I mean, the pendulum hasn't swung, you know, hasn't swung a different direction yet, but I believe it's coming. Well, that's good. I mean, you got to be positive. Joe, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, that's an interesting take. I, I thought that the the I thought the team concerned that the East is not uh, that you know loaded with with powerhouse teams. Maybe the Bucks, maybe the the Philadelphia 76ers. I really thought that the uh, the Brooklyn Nets were going to make it. At least to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, and maybe, uh, not maybe, uh, had a really good shot at making it to the finals this year. Concerned that they have Durant, who's probably the best player uh, next to LeBron James, who's pretty much up there in age. I think that a healthy Kevin Durant, James Harden's a, a perennial scorer, and Kyrie Irving. I mean, he, you know, he's a mental case, but he's still a good player. Um, well, that's I could the problem because that's the first thing they got to worry about is you know Irving. If he can stop being a mental case, I think we'd be a lot better off. I agree. I agree, and that's why I think that if if he gets his head on straight, um, I, I I really think they'd make a, a serious run at the finals this year. Only because, like I said, the the East is not that doesn't have a lot of good teams. I, I I'm a Celtic fan. I just don't think. I think they're a couple of t- uh, players away from being a really uh, good team, a really great team. So I look at the 76ers, I look at the Bucks, and that's about it. And then the, the Brooklyn Nets. So I think that the Brooklyn Nets could really make a serious run this year. All right. I mean, I've, I've well, been wrong before, Louis, so you, it could happen. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, listen, Louis, we definitely appreciate you calling in. Now, what was the name? I, I definitely, Joe and I were both talking about this kind of off the, off the air. You know, uh, we'd like to check How out. How you the have show a show on the internet? <laughs> yes, Mike, he does. Yes, I do. We'd Mike like Francesa. to listen to your show and, <laughs> and check it out. What's the name of your show? Okay, it's I called, think it's a Saturday at 5. What is it? 5 o'clock. It's called Mike Francis is a whack job. Uh, no, no. <laughs> well, it's true. But... I was okay, so that's a one seven. <laughs> you need to be finished. Oh boy. Oh no. Oh, I remember that rant. I, no, that rant I remember. How the Jets were like one seven, oh. like oh, we're we're rebuilding the team. Like Francis just went for twenty minutes, and that was hysterical. Oh boy. So oh, anyway, for it's sure. called. I mean, yeah. The enhanced sports show. We're on Saturdays, five to seven p.m. East Coast time. Um, 
It's a toll-free call, 512-543-4662. I'll repeat that again, 512-543-4662. And we pretty much get about 95% of the sports world in August in a two-hour format. So we're like some super oh, That's nuts. awesome. That, that's definitely that's definitely awesome. I mean, you know, the thing about podcasting is that I know we joke about Mike, but when we started it, we, we've talked about this extensively. Uh, we started this show because of Mike and Chris, and, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog. We're both big fans of that show. Mad Dog, um, too? Oh. You know, and then, oh, yeah. So what, he, my, we were fans of him and Mad Dog, which is how we, we kind right. of, you know, started just being interested in it. And then eventually we started our own podcast, and, you know, we, we've, we've had our ups and downs and whatnot. But, um, yeah. you know, we definitely we definitely love, uh, you know, when we get shout-outs like this on the oh, show. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. <laughs> that, that was a great one. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely – we both love to check out your show and, you know, uh, listen yeah. in and stuff and then call in. Um, but, yeah, we've been on Blog Talk. How did you hear about us? I just – because we, we were literally getting ready Black to talk. the show, and one Black of the last things was Larry King, you know. Blog Talk site. I've seen it up there before, but I never had the chance to call in. Oh, wow, that's that's cool. Definitely it's cool that you, you called in. We appreciate you calling in. I definitely – I, you know, I promise you this much, Joe and I will absolutely both check out your show, and um, we've been kind of I doing a random na- time. Like I the- started nationally five years ago. I hosted my first show in August of uh, 2016, but only as a substitute host. I've been doing podcasting for eight years, three additional years locally, and then 2016, uh, I was approached by somebody like, uh, was going to give our going to give a show a call. Okay, I got nothing to lose if, except the important, except not important stuff. Self-respect, dignity, nerd, pride—you know, stuff you don't need. So I took a chance. I thought it was going to be oh, a yeah, one-time wonder. Sure. Yeah, I thought it was going to be one time, but like uh, you know, they asked me to call back at me a regular. Like, you like me? You really, really like me? <laughs> and like uh, you know, from then on, I've done um, substitute hosting, uh, co-hosting with uh, a few people nationally, um, and then in 2018. Um, the person who hosted the uh, show before I do now uh, was going to be um, taking some time off and then hosting another show. And then, like, well, who's going to host uh, your current show? Congratulations. You got it. <laughs> so it's been my, it's been my show definitely. now. It's been my show officially since January of, we're in 2021 now, 2018. Oh, nice. So three full years. That's awesome. I, I definitely, I'm going to check it out. Um, now, now, what's the what's the website that uh, that we would go to to listen to your show? Uberconference.com. Uberconference.com. Yeah. All right. Well, that's definitely that's definitely interesting, and uh, we'll, we'll if definitely. If you have trouble, don't worry about. It. A lot of people do, but uh, if you call in the show, uh, if you do call, in, I will get you on. But first, let me do my intro before I put before I put anybody on. That's that's kind of how it has to be, though. So oh, if you do call, sure. we do I will definitely thing. get you through. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's definitely good, and, and we're gonna we're gonna check it out. I mean, you know, obviously we'll we'll check out your show, and hopefully more people like you or people you listen to may be able to check out our show because we're we're definitely trying to get back on the ball with it. But uh, Louis, we definitely uh, appreciate you calling in. And what time nice do you start anyway? We start at eleven. Well, currently because we're doing it this way, just you know, we we really sporadically had been doing the show. Um, there was a time we were doing uh. two three times a year. Um, we were ah. doing the show two or three times a week. I'm sorry, at, at, at one point, and now we've just kind of been sporadic. So we've been doing 11 p.m. on Saturdays or Fridays, um, just 
just kind of, you know, I wake up real early in the morning during the week, so it's going to be late. Right. But we're, we're trying to see if we can kind of get it um, a little bit earlier, but that's kind of in the works, you know. Yeah, because um, I have, you know, I, would, I just came off a show, actually, because I also do reports for a podcast out in Michigan. So that's why I oh, also nice. uh, get involved the show from uh, from the West Coast. Uh, he does a Saturday night show. So it does kind of tie in. But when I have right. time left over, uh, you know, I, I, I come over here. So I was, I've was i been looking yeah, to, yeah. Uh, you know, get on the show for a while. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, again, Louis, you know, much success to you. Hopefully everything works out. And, you know, you do you do a great job with your show. And we, we definitely appreciate you calling in. It's always nice to have that, um, to, you know, someone to call in and kind of throw some ideas back and forth. But for sure, we'll definitely check out your show and call in. So thanks again, Louis, for, for calling in uh, and hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, tell my Francesca I said hello. <laughs> Thanks, Louis. <laughs> oh, we, we we will for sure. Um, I mean, just yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're we're like I said, we're we're big fans of of mine. Oh, oh, uh, is that all? <laughs> is that all? Oh, I love that. The guy imitating Chris Russo. Uh, Louis, have a good night, sir. Thanks again for calling in. Appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Louis. Right, take care. Well, there you go, sir. How about that for a surprise? <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Louis, even the enhanced, uh, what was it that he said? Uh, he had the enhanced sports show, 5 to 7 p.m. Yeah. on uberconference.com. Now, I, I mean, I joke about it, but I really thought when he said Uber, I'm like, is this guy riding around and podcasting, you know, as he's <laughs> as he's uh, taking people up, which, of course, would be dangerous. But just, w- right, what right. are the odds, right? He seems like a nice like a nice guy. He calls in. He said he's seen the show on a blog talk before and wanted to call in, which is fascinating. Obviously, he's a sportsman, so he's checking us out for that reason. But but it is interesting because we're sitting here talking about Larry King getting ready to end the show, and then we have somebody calling that we weren't expecting, who uh, might be your next door neighbor, by the way. I mean, the, the 973 area code, sir. I really thought that when I saw that call, I thought it was like maybe <laughs> um, maybe one of your daughters calling, want to get on the show yeah. again or something. <laughs> one of my daughters, or, or you know, my wife, or uh, my brother, or somebody <laughs> random, my dad calling in. No, no, right. it was an actual call. We didn't pay him. We didn't we didn't give him money to call to call him. He exited on his own, so we appreciate that. But uh, sir, I mean, let, let's wrap it up here. I mean, I've got you know the things to do, uh, people to call, shows to listen to. So, uh, uh, sir, anything before we go? Yeah, next week. I mean, it's it's late. You're right. Um, I'm already getting the call. Like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I do want to talk about the sham of the inauguration and how we have a president that uh, promotes socialism and not not uh, you know not democracy. I was looking at the stat real quick before we go about the amount of yeah. uh, executive orders signed by, by uh, uh, Sleepy Joe. He signed, like, okay. in his first day in office, I think it was 17 executive orders, which and they compared it with, with like, you know, Bush and Obama and Trump, and I think yeah. most yeah. anybody else had in their first, like, three or four days. The first week was, like, five. It was something <laughs> ridiculous. And he, you said 25. So, I mean, Joe's on – Joe's it, it's just crazy. One thing that, that – and I'll end on this. One thing that bugs me about politics is when you have uh, alternate parties coming in and out, it's like when the Republicans are in office, they, they do everything to undo what the, the Democrats did. And then once right. the Republicans out of office, the Democrat comes in, like with Obama, let's say, undoes everything Bush did, then he's gone, and then Trump undoes everything Obama did, and now Biden is undoing everything Trump did. So it's, it's like we're just going backwards, uh, you know, back and forth. That's all we do. So it's just crazy. But anyway, I mean, we could spend hours talking about that, sir. But, again, uh, great show. Uh, thanks to Angel yep. for calling in. 
Thanks to Louie for calling in. I mean, we may have to replace Angel with Louie because uh, Angel has no clue what's going on. I mean, he's out in le- as my dad likes to say, he's out in left field somewhere. But uh, but a pleasure, sir, as always. And, uh, you know, it's an- another great episode of Pure Gold. There's just, uh, there's just uh, no way around it. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. Indeed we are. Sir, have a wonderful evening. You too. Good night, everyone. All right, good night, everyone. Take care.